2: Jesus. Recorded live. Well, as we say every week, thank you, Mr. Dave Nelson. Uh, you know, Dave's voice is a little different today because this goes back a lot of years now. When he and his associates started TalkShoe. Uh it was an idea that they had for a business online and there are many other platforms like this. But Talkshoe was one of the first to utilize. A little known program started by uh, the esteemed, at one time, vice president, now owner of the uh, uh, terrorist television station Al Jazeera, (laughs) Mr. Al Gore. But anyway, um, that's actually how these programs got funded because there was a little known section that you could, if you were offering a free public service platform, Based on the minutes of phone time called in to your platform, the government shared a little bit of those hidden taxes in your phone bill. Did you guys know that? Did Anybody know that? That's how these things started. So there were a few people around the country that read the law and started these businesses, the, the you know, blog talk radio, talk shoe, and some of the others. Raise your hands, those of you that knew that was true. Well, guys, come on, guys, it's a talk show. Anybody know that was true? <laughs> okay, well, I hope we talk later. Uh, Dan, you're on the call. Welcome, and tell us what's happened to you this week. Uh, just been busy
3: working, and my time schedule's all been filled up, so um, uh, I can't think of anything particular, just usual work, and right. and um, going at it.
2: Well, I visited your two sites. I visited your uh, your book site, and I also visited your uh, your actual business site. It's the deck business, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, deck and fence,
2: right? and, and stuff. Right. I, 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 not that we're going to pick on you tonight, but there were, there were some things on your site that I think you might redirect and find yourself with more responsive traffic, okay? Oh, Great, great. Right. I'm open to anything. And uh, basically what I wanted to do tonight is I have, as I mentioned earlier to everybody, oh, this is Chuck Bartok, by the way, uh, speaking to you for the 277th time on You Can Build It, Your Business. And the usual mantra is you go all the way back to the first show, and it talks about the rudiments of how to start a business, any kind of business. I don't care. Internet, offline, shoe store, gas station, restaurant, uh, marketing like Mike Michelozi uh our, our good friend Bo Carlisle uh, has his fingers in many businesses. And here's Dan Griffey, who joined us last week, who uh, is involved. He's a writer and uh, inspirational, I mean, pointed directional writing, which is the kind I like. And uh, he also is a tradesman in the fact that he does some outstanding work in finishing decks. And, uh, uh, you know... the people who are entrepreneurs i don't think anybody here is a multimillionaire. anybody here a multimillionaire yet michael are you a multimillionaire? Uh not yet okay thank you bo carlisle are you around the corner from being a multimillionaire? well Bo sometimes mutes himself because he's on the phone all the time and of course dan are you are you nearing that multi-million dollar mark
3: no, I'm I'm not even close.
2: Okay, well, I want to tell everybody, believe it or not, I'm not either, and nor have I ever been, because my focus in life has not been making money. My focus in life has been saving money and investing money, which has helped live comfortably. But uh, I just really, and it's terrible, I think most of the people on this call, guest seven just joined us, if you'd like to. Can't get the audio at all now. Uh, I wonder if that's Mark. Um uh, Anyway, uh, I just really enjoy what I do, and that's solving people's problems. And I've been that way since I've been my teens. Fortunately, I've been able to make consistent money solving other people's problems. And I never went to school to publicly learn or you know, directly learn how to do this, but I evolved from listening and watching other people. And I think many on the call today have the same experience and background. And it's funny, as you get older, I've actually taught classes on how to do the things that I've assimilated. And basically what it is, is you put in the top of your mind that you are, you are the person who can help people solve their problems. And you spend your time talking to people who want problems solved. Which means you really don't initiate much of that conversation. People initiate it with you. Uh, That's what I said. Our phones are ringing off the hook. And that's a wonderful place for a business to be, which is analogous to somebody walking in the front door of your shoe store, your restaurant, your tire shop, your brake shop, your doctor's office, your dentist's office. Uh, Because nobody's forced to walk into a store and nobody's forced to talk to someone who has a service or a product to market. They kind of make a decision to do that. And the people who get the most traffic, the people who get the large number of people coming to them, are those who have effectively learned how to market correctly and how to sell. And uh, I know Mike has a wealth of experience and so does Bo, and one of the arguments I have in my new venture is There seems to be a mindset that there's a difference between marketing and sales and that they should not be blended. Does anybody want to talk about that? Please, this is a talk show.
0: You know, Chuck, I think that's the subject that we could talk. uh, This is Mike. We could talk a a lot on that and and make the distinctions uh, between sales and marketing. What are the differences? How do they connect? How does marketing feed into sales? and I'm not going to address that right now, but that's a, that's a good topic. Uh, one thing you just said, though, um, that's about marketing and sales, is that you discovered you could help people and liked helping people solve problems, and that means um, finding people who want problems solved right. and then paying attention to them so that you can offer the solution to something specific. And I think that really um, crystallizes the the what everybody needs to do, whatever their business is, and it's also where people don't pay attention. I know I have not always paid attention and found myself trying to help somebody solve something that, that they said or indicated was a problem, but they weren't willing to change something to do anything about it. And I put myself in the position of being the one who could persuade them, convince them, overcome objections, When I should have really said, uh, for example, Chuck, is that something you want or don't want right now?
2: Beautiful, beautiful. And um, Mike, again, you just said we could have another whole show about the other premise. But what you just said is is hours of of, of talking with people and guests on a show like this because those of us who enter – into this environment of sales, quote, marketing, slash, separate, or together. It's my opinion, working with groups of people over the years, that people are excited. They're really turned on to what the decisions they made about their direction. And that's what spurs them on. Instead of falling back... And realizing the reality of what makes it go, we've all been to meetings where dynamic people have stood up and had us so wrapped up. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm talking a great preacher, a, a good politician, or or one of the quote leaders in the network marketing business, or uh, you know. CEOs of corporations, uh, uh, Bronson, for instance, of Virgin Airlines, who captivates audiences, and we leave there. Tony Robbins, people spend way a whole bunch of money going to listen to Tony Robbins, and we walk away all enthused. Okay? And we take these snippets, and we want to regurgitate all that that we have just learned, and we want to spew it out to the public without ever stepping back and trying to figure out if they want to hear about it. And I honestly believe that's the stumbling block. of so- It has nothing to do with their talent. It has nothing to do with their ability. It has nothing to do with who they are, their education. It's just that nobody ever said the real crux of this whole business is finding the people who have the problem that you know how to solve, and when you find it, let them Take the fishing line, let them take that lure, and you let them take that lure because you've presented it so subtly, so well, and, and you've, you've got your finger on that fly rod, and you're feeling the tension, the utter, the, the utter, so sensitive tension, and you know when to set the hook. Now, the only way anybody learns that skill is to do it over and over again, just like playing the piano or pitching a baseball or playing a guitar. Mike, have you ever met a natural born walk in the room, get the job done? Never done it before, uh, perfectly.
0: No, I don't. If I have, I didn't know it. <laughs> how
2: about you, Bo? Have you ever bumped across anybody like that?
0: Again, Bo may be muted.
2: And, and how about you, Dan? What, what's your experience? Uh, I have
3: um, come across some people that seem to. They made it so easy that it appeared to be natural to them, but I know it wasn't natural.
2: It's it's a it's actually a learned behavior, and I I, most of you know that I speak freely, and I think I mentioned this last week. Maybe I didn't. In my new position, we have another system, which you know I'm going to tell you point blank. We we can record a conversation between our sales staff and the prospect, okay? And it's not to gotcha. It's for everybody, to, and we listen, to it, it, for everybody to learn together to improve their skills. And our new, very qualified sales manager who was hired, and, and I'm kind of in the background helping him grow, and I had a conversation It was 37 minutes long. And that afternoon, I see him with the earphones on, the earmuffs I call them, And I smiled at him, and I said, what are you doing? he said, I'm listening to rock and roll, which I knew wasn't true. But here's the beautiful thing. He listened to that 37-minute conversation four times. And by the way, this was a call-in from an ad on the Internet, okay? I want to build this premise that the marketing department put together. See, there's the marketing department, right? And this gentleman... Who, ha- who lives in South Carolina and San Diego? He's retiring from San Diego and building a facility in South Carolina for he and his wife to enjoy their retirement years. And they're entering into a new hobby, which happens to fall into our business. And he answered the ad, went online, looked at all this marketing paraphernalia, and responded. And at the end of our conversation, he ended up making a decision to purchase something that was totally different than what he thought he he, he needed. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. The reason he didn't get what he thought he needed is nobody ever asked him the questions as to what he really needs. <laughs> and it, it it ended up being it's going to be a twenty nine thousand six hundred dollar uh, purchase. Okay, thirty seven minutes. That's not the point. The point is the conversation was listened to, and the next morning somebody else from a southwestern state called, a woman called, and this young man answered the phone, and I overheard because, because um, our offices are next to each other and we have a window open. And the beautiful thing is he, he took the same dance, and his, his end result was the same. It was a positive result. The numbers don't matter. Numbers never matter. And 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 afterwards, we we took a walk around the the, uh, the grounds, and and I he said, it, "It's amazing." He said, "It is so easy." Well, two things. He does have a good background. You know what I mean? But but there's so much that we can learn by doing it over and over again. And, and how many people do you know that have would have listened to that three times? That's ninety some minutes, isn't it, folks? Yep, but it, it see what happened it, within 24 hours. It was top of mind awareness for him. It's it's who he is now. Of course, he. I have to say he has had. Uh, he's 30. He's in his late 30s. Graduate of Texas A and M, and has been involved in marketing and sales within our industry. And he owns a manufacturing company of his own that makes a product that our our market likes to buy. Okay, so he just didn't fall off the banana boat. I, the point of today's call was going to be the telephone, direct mail, and email combined and integrated into a massive sales and marketing campaign. Um, M- Mark said something here: prying out what they need versus what they think they need is a true art, and, and that's a good point, Mark. But I prying sounds like a harsh word, but that's really what we're doing, isn't it, Michael? Uh, when You you and your wife are experts at this because it has survived you through many, many years in an industry that everybody says, well, you know, they, they have 10,000 excuses why it doesn't work. And uh, you and your wife ask some pretty pointed questions, and if it gets to the point that there's an absolute stone wall there, you're not going to continue. You're not going to waste your time or their time to try to convince them. Is that true, Mike, or am I wrong?
0: No, that's that's true, Chuck. We'll engage in a conversation when someone has said, I, I'm looking for something and, and maybe this can help me and let's talk and we'll talk. And like you were saying, you're, if you're paying attention, and the other fellow was talking about um, prying out what a person is really looking for, mm-hmm not just what comes on the surface. When, when, you, when we're ask, asking those questions, uh, what we found is, and it, it comes from my days, my wife may be natural or from other experiences, but from my days when I used to teach journalism, I taught high school journalism, Right. I would teach my students that when you're interviewing somebody, you don't just read question one because you wrote it down and when they're done <laughs> answering it, then you go to question two, then you go to question three. If you ask question one, and that person uh, doesn't say much about it, you go on to question two. If question two, that person says something that you catch is interesting or has a different twist to it or needs more clarity, you stick with it, and you might end up asking six, seven, eight, nine, ten more questions based on question number two. So when you're listening you're listening to the answer, not to the next thing you want to say because you're trying to make a sale and you're going to make a sale no matter what. And by probing that, people will reveal what they want or don't want. Quite often at that point, for example, my wife Shirley, I've heard her say, are you really looking for something right now that you want or is it just a conversation going nowhere?
2: Mm -hmm. And that's a good statement to make. In our business, one of the first questions is how soon do you see you and your wife enjoying this facility. I kind of like that phrase, right? That's good. Not when do you want to buy it? How soon do you and your wife envision yourselves enjoying this facility? Well, we haven't even bought the property yet. <laughs> okay, does that mean you stop? I mean, let's put anybody in this uh, on this call. Does that mean that I just say, well, thank you very much. Call me back when you're ready. How would you handle that uh, Dan?: uh,
3: Well, they've been qualified because they are looking for you know they're looking for the property right. They just hadn't selected the property they wanted right. at that time, so no, I don't think that would disqualify them at all. I think that uh, they would they're eventually going to, to buy it at some point in time. So,
2: and eventually they're going to improve a facility. whether or not they do it from you is going to be based on what.
3: On how you handle them from that point, you know Thank I you.
2: Mean, yeah. Okay. yeah no that's that's you you, you nailed it, mm. and what I've caught some of my new friends now doing is all of a sudden they turn cold, even in their voice. That's why I love the telephone because you can read the telephone i mean you know you can sense you can almost smell people sometimes on the telephone. Have you had this happen when some, you know, know, we're really looking for information. We're putting our plans together. Uh, We would like to have our new property purchased by next spring and be in there by summer, okay? Well, now, you've just invested some time and energy, and the phone is ringing in the background, and you're afraid you might be missing something else. When you hear that you're a long ways from a sale, you know, doesn't mean you're not going to get one, but you're a long ways from it. I've actually heard people just their tone just dropped, you see. And and what I've learned over the last fifty years is that if your tone stays up, you will stay in their top of mind awareness. So you're almost assured. If you continue to follow up properly, you're almost assured. that. See, I look at the contracts in the bag already because I've closed from the beginning, right? I just don't know what day it's going to happen. And what that does to a salesperson is it makes you feel good because you've accomplished something that day. That's the key. When you go to bed at night, kneel down at your bed and say, thank you, Lord, for giving me the opportunity to enjoy my day today, and I've done a good job with your help. Thank you. And somebody says, what did you sell? You didn't write a contract today. You didn't sign up a new distributor, Mike. You know, Dan, you didn't get a new uh, 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 finishing job for, for a deck, you see. But you really have, haven't you? You just don't know when it's going to happen. <laughs> of course, we have to eat today, right? <laughs> which means, and I, I remember a real estate firm I consulted with. The girls would make these, we had these telephone sessions on cold calling for listings, which works. It did then. It, you know, Today you got the internet, but cold calling for listings, this is 40-some years ago. And I wanted everybody to make 10 calls in a neighborhood. We cross-directoryed the neighborhood and Two girls uh, got listing appointments, and everybody was so excited. They all went out and wanted to have drinks and celebrate. So nobody made any more calls ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: in, 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 instead of taking that first yes and, and saying thank you very much and doing your homework and then making that third call, because isn't it possible you could have had five listings that night? Yes. anybody Anybody have a comment on that? No. Yeah. But, but when when the telephone, I, telephone, email. Oh, but this is how why direct mail and email ties in because after these telephone calls that I'm experiencing, within a matter of minutes after we've hung up the phone, and I am writing voraciously as we're talking. I'm sorry, I do it on an eight and a half. I don't type. I don't type well. I never learned how, but I write notes, my, my papers look silly, you know, they're not, they don't have a rhyme or reason, but I know how to read them, and I immediately sit down, gather that information, put it into a very nice, concise, easy to read, two or three paragraph, thank you very much for your time and energy email, and I do something else, because if I've done my job, I have their mailing address, right, otherwise i wasted an awful lot of my time. Something gets dropped into the mail to them, and that 's what I wanted to focus on tonight, what I call it the triple whammy. And today, regardless of your business, online or offline, those three marketing tools that 's marketing. Sales is when you 're asking the questions and solving the problem, but these tools, you know the brochure that you put in the mail has been developed by you, but that 's your marketing side. And then, of course, I just learned. does anybody know what gold mine is? Anybody here using gold mine? Yep. well, I just learned you know you guys know I haven't worked in a hundred years and our company has Goldmine in place, brand new, and I am blown away. I'm having a ball with Goldmine. Goldmine tells me, you know, I hung up from Bo, and he said, call me back in, in 60 minutes, or, or call me back after 3 o'clock, and dumb Chuck, he doesn't, you know, he didn't live that way before, and all of a sudden, Goldmine says, oh, call Bo. And and then, interdepartmentally, because my manufacturing company's fight, my plant is 500 miles away, and everybody in the office is on goldmine. So when Mike's contract gets down there and you add something to it, that's annotated and put into goldmine so that I can act, and then I'm notified that you just added something to that customer's file for production. I mean, guys, I'm sorry. I'm excited because none of this was available to me years ago. How can you fail in business? (laughs) The tools we have are magnificent. Email, direct mail, and the telephone are not, um, you know, earth-shattering tools. I still feel they're the basic foundation. Anybody have any thoughts on that?
0: I, I agree. With, excuse me. I agree with you, Chuck. They're the foundational tools, and I really love what you said about the positive attitude of when you've had a good day, even if you haven't made a sale you know that you contributed something toward that end. It just hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And you can go to bed and say, dear Lord, thank you. I did a great job, and let's wake up tomorrow and keep it going. Yeah,
2: yeah. We don't do give ourselves... The phone,
0: the, phone, the email, and, and the postal mail can work together very well.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's part of of we empowering ourselves and making ourselves pleased with our progress, you see. You know, I remember as a little kid, I remember, I, I did, believe it or not, guys, I remember my first day at Our Lady of Hungry School in South Chicago on 89th Avenue, okay? It was, well, I hung around there. They let me come to school when I was four years old because I hung around anyway, you know. And in those days, they they didn't have rules and regulations. You want to go to school, you go to school. I was surprised that it was a private school. So, but I was in awe because of all these things that I could learn, and it was little things that made me feel good. Well, and some of them are tactile. And do you realize to me there is a certain sense of accomplishment putting something in an envelope, licking it, sealing it, and putting a postage stamp on it? Does that sound weird? By I, part of the sale. I, I, yeah, but I derive a sense of satisfaction from that, Bo. I, I, it's like you know running a mile or it's like riding a bronc all the way through to 8 seconds it's a sense of accomplishment I'm doing something which is all part of the system of that which I chose as a way of life I'm edifying myself and that's not a bad thing is it we've had many of these shows where we talked about the you the you is most important you have to be pleased with yourself. And we, if we focus on our existing uh, what's, what, our existing talents, instead of trying to develop new ones, let's make the ones we already own better. I happen to like the telephone, so I keep doing it. And the more I do it, the better I get. My writing needs a little work. But... Uh, All of these things, I I bring this up because some of us on this call are part of a group on Facebook, which I think is a very powerful page. Unfortunately, not enough people, I think, utilize it. But I hear so many people, or I read between the lines, that so many people are disappointed in their choices about who they are. And then they start blaming a system. D- D- Mike, do you and Bo sense that also?
0: Uh, I do. What about you, Bo?
4: Yeah, I've, I, I sense that you know people are very, very quick to blame others or a system, or you know they don't want to take ownership for their own, I guess, their own life. Right. Um, right. When it comes to their their personal life, they don't have a problem taking ownership. But when it comes to their business life and taking advantage of their you know, taking their own life back or whatever from what's potentially out there. I mean, I I get great satisfaction out of traveling and stuff like that. Most people would say, well, with you being a truck driver, why don't you do a travel business? And I'm like, I'm not necessarily passionate about, earning. you know, I like to travel for for recreation. I don't necessarily want to promote a a travel business in itself, but, you know.
2: But we know we know why you're driving truck because it's the only profession in the world that Bo can make a steady income while he builds a huge business. You see, <laughs> we we know how you've got that knocked, Bo.
4: <laughs> yeah, and I and I actually get um, total uh, solitary confinement, so right. to speak, <laughs> out yeah. here to where I can I can focus on uh, on doing this, and then when I go home, I play.
2: Yeah, uh, that's right. But but you did bring up a point that is interesting. You go home and play, and people, you say people can, you know, they have control of their personal life. There's something that most of you have heard me write about, and this is my feeling, my opinion, and I'm not saying the world should agree with me, but one of the things I realized early on is who I am, and I am that salesperson. And as my wife of 35 years says, you are never not you. My wife says, you know, sometimes affectionately, sometimes not too affectionately. She just gave me a kiss goodnight, so, you know, I hope she's affectionate tonight. But anyway, um, I'm selling when we go out to dinner. I'm not selling the products. But if anybody ever watched me in a restaurant, the people that serve us, I serve them. I edify them because to me, the more I give to somebody else, the more is going to bounce back to me. And I can even complain about my dinner and make everybody feel good about it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so, Bo, you said, you know, somebody owns themselves but doesn't own their business. They may not really own themselves, Bo. That's a question. I don't know. Because if they chose to do this, then it should become who they are. And and I'm not trying to get wooey about this, you know. It has nothing to do with being a workaholic. Lord knows I'm not a workaholic. I'm teeing off at 7 o'clock in the morning. I played poker today for three hours. You know, with my nickel, dime, quarter buddies, you know, average age seventy six years old, I lost two dollars and eighty five cents today. It's a tragic day, but 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 you know what? I was who I am at the poker game. Am I getting that part across? Mike Michelosi is Mike Michalowicz. Mike Michelosi is a journalism instructor. He and his wife are consummate marketers of great health products. He's a family person. That's who he is. But it all ties into the fact that he's a great communicator. And that's who he is. And consequently, great communicators and people who care about other people can't help having successes. Does anybody disagree with that?
0: And Bo, I, Bo um, <laughs> Chuck, uh, when you were talking about being in a restaurant uh, with your wife. I was literally picturing you and your wife sitting in a restaurant and and hearing your voice and looking at your, your posture and your, your gestures, and I could picture you, uh, knowing you as I do, being Chuck, the, the edifier, sales, uh, personable guy there, and what that made me think of um, when you brought that back uh, to me or anyone who – has a pretty good sense of who they are and and what they're all about, is I can think of uh, three or four things in my life um, that are really important to me. Sports that I do, my grandchildren, my business. And I'm so integrated in those things and in touch with them that that that's who I am and what I do 24-7, which doesn't mean I'm, I'm bragging about my grandchildren every time I meet somebody who's trying to sell a nutritional product or showing them how I do a sidekick, um, knowing you, Bo, as, as much as I do, I, I have to think that you probably have a pretty good sense of, sense of the integration of the different parts of you that make you you, and that's always you. It's not in question. Right. I, yeah, I think... and I,
4: it, it, imagine somebody tried to take away or requested that you stop doing your passion. It's kind of like asking you to stop being you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And,
4: and, and, and you know, for, for someone to, you know, take my keys away and tell me, hey, you can't drive no more, uh, it just, to me, is like, you might as well take my heart out of my chest and, and give it to somebody else. <laughs> I mean, I truly, truly do in, in enjoy, you know, doing what I do and, you know, just to see, you know, some of my repeat customers and stuff like that, even though they're not directly my own customers to where I'm getting paid directly from them, but, you know, it, it's all part of... You know, what, what would we do without people like me? You know, the, the whole world would stop in about three days. You know, so, you know, not just one little area. The whole entire world would stop in three days if there weren't for, you know, drivers and shippers and stuff like that. So. Fellas
2: on the loading docks, you know, everybody. Because the world is a blend of people, which I'd like to kind of get us close to to a direction tonight, using the telephone, using direct mail, using email, we have to realize also those of us who are involved in the business of, uh, and I'm going to say the word, MLM network marketing, we have to realize and edify the fact, I'm sorry, I do get upset at some of the chat rooms, no, everybody does not have to be self-employed. To be happy. No, everybody does not have to be in business to be happy. I personally know friends of mine in their 70s today that live joyful, happy lives because they designed it that way. They designed it, not society, and they were never in the entrepreneurial world. And I think that bothers me a little bit, that in our world, there seems to be a pervasive attitude that if you're not agreeing with this being the greatest thing since sliced bread, you're kind of out of it. And I don't think we give enough credit to those people, and I'm going to liken them. I'm not saying everybody on the loading dock wants to stay there. If you don't want to stay there, then get out, but you better do your preparation, you better be willing to sacrifice, and you better be able to not only do your eight-hour shift or ten-hour shift at work, you're going to do another eight or ten hours building your business. It doesn't happen overnight. doesn't happen by magic. But I do uh, have a tremendous sense of pride in knowing. I've, I've been honored by knowing people who were who were, what's the word I want, employees? <laughs> Is, is that a bad? It's not a bad word, folks. And, and yes, go ahead.
4: You were you were mentioning direct mail. Um, I just recently just came across the U.S. Postal Service website where you can actually target your entire zip code, or mm-hmm. you can actually select a postal route.
2: Yep. So
4: in your area, you you know if you just want to select one postal route, it will tell you there are 221 addresses in that postal route. So if you're trying to really Take over your city or whatever with whatever it is that you're doing, or if you're trying to target a new, completely different area, you know nothing about. Right. You know, you can pick a zip code and and roll that zip code and pay a, a flat bulk rate fee. You know, by you know a few hundred dollars, and they'll direct mail your your piece out okay. to everyone. And, and,
2: uh, and let me share, Bo. Uh, I I use this system. And a postcard, which I love over, I mean, that's my favorite is a postcard because I get to design them and change them. And, you know, they're, they're, some of them are funny and hilarious and whatever, and they get read, is that it cost me just about 62 cents. I upload a PDF, uh, no, excuse me, a, C, a CV, CSV file of the names and addresses and zip codes of to whom I want to send. You're right, Bo, they'll do it for you. They instantly tell me how many of those are bad addresses, so I'm not spending any money mailing to bad addresses because that's their job. And I pay 62 cents. I give them a PDF. They print my postcard and post it by 1 o'clock that afternoon if I get it to them by 11. Is everybody aware of the fact that the United States Postal Service offers that for postcards, trifolds, letters, and envelopes? You upload to UPS your list... They're only going to mail, and they're going to tell you who's not right on your list so you can scratch them off your list because they don't live there anymore or it's a bad address, so you're not spending the postage to find that out. A postcard's about 62 cents, and you can do a letter for about a buck. That's dirt cheap, folks. Is everybody on the call aware? And then Bo's point is you can ask them for a specific area, a zip code, three streets, the old cross directory. But you do have to provide them that which you want to send them, Bo.
4: Yeah, you just, yeah, I I noticed that you just, you can upload. I saw that they have rates as low as 16 cents.
2: Yeah. Depending on how,
4: how, how big of a mailing you do and stuff like that. Well, no,
2: excuse me. What I'm talking about is they're printing the postcard.
4: Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm aware of. Not
2: for 16 cents. (laughs) no, I'm talking about, I give the, the, all, I just send them a PDF of the postcard, front and back. Their printing machine prints the postcard, cuts it, stamps it, addresses it. It's all automated. And I pay them $0.62 cents a postcard for black and white. That is dirt cheap, folks. Yep. And I don't have to drive to the post office to do that. And, of course, email, we all know the intricacies of email marketing. I hope everybody on this call today, tomorrow, and in the future is using a quality email service. We've spent hours talking about email services on this show. I have my favorite for nine years. It's AWeber. Yes, it's an affiliate of mine, and and I have... I've always felt the pride that AWeber has always sent me a check way larger than what I pay them monthly. It's not my source of income. I don't pay the mortgage. Well, I don't have a mortgage. I don't pay bills with my AWeber account. It might be around a round of golf, okay? But um, they have constantly been on the top of the system as far as I'm concerned. I've looked at the others, and we just did a campaign for one of the magazines that I manage, and. We had a 68% open rate, and 47% of those people clicked through the email to the links that we wanted to take them to, and there were more than one link in the newsletter. And all I've got to do is push a button, and everybody that clicked on the Palomino link is now in a segmented list for Palomino lovers, so I can develop a whole new email campaign just for Palomino lovers instead of wasting everybody else's time talking about Palomino I'm using that as a name it could be anything it could be in your case Mike it could be an elixir uh, you could have another group that likes vitamins you, you know I mean there there's different products that you have in in Bo in, in Bo understands this I think everybody on the call here understands what we're talking about but Using a good service, you still have to do the work, folks, but a good quality service in your back pocket is is the cheapest. And by the way, the company that I use has a very high, a 99.9% delivery rate. And and that's, you know, I know that. And we have some huge lists that that go out to people. But that tied with the USPS, a little old man sitting in his home can, can control a business worldwide to do what he wants to do and talk to the people that he wants to talk to about the things that he wants to talk about. Without a huge investment, we're talking less than $100 a month maintenance. You know, maintenance. Less than $100 a month. Now, the, the, the direct mailing has a cost. So if you mail out, a, I'm not a big fan of mailing out thousands of things because I don't really, you know, I target my stuff. But if I mail two to 300 postcards out, what's that costing me, guys? Not very much money at sixty-two cents. two hundred is one hundred and twenty dollars. It might sound like a lot of money, but I know what the conversion rate is. <laughs> it has consistently always been better than what I spent. So, but again, we use the telephone. We back it up with direct mail. We back it up with email. And I use the old three-by-five card system. Everybody's bored of hearing that. And now I'm learning all these tools such as Goldmine. Now Goldmine can do my thinking for me. But I still got to input the data, don't I? <laughs> what happens if you put in somebody's email address wrong, guys?
1: Doesn't get sent.
2: Doesn't get sent. That's right. It bounces. So anyway, uh, who uh, – Mark. oh, Mark had some great uh, – uh, Mark put up the link, by the way, for the – nobody else is on the computer, but Mark – oh, Dan Griffey is. Dan, that link that Mark put there,
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, that's a link that tells you all about the USPS Business Mail Services.
3: Oh, great, great.
2: And, and I'd like to read uh, – Mark is just – he's an associate of mine. Mark is my – I know nothing about the Internet, guys. I know nothing about websites and everything else, and Mark's the man to go to if you want. In fact, Bo, did you and Mark get together on your question?
1: Not yet.
2: Okay, I, I just want to share with Mark. Bo might be calling you because Bo, Mark has already purchased and owns software programs that do what you want to do. Okay, I mean he owns them, and you know he he obviously. And, and this is the other part of business, folks. Mark is an expert at what he does. That's why I talk to Mark because he's an expert. I'm not. uh, But Mark is a reasonable businessman and has always been extremely fair with everybody I've known he's ever dealt with, including me. A client or prospect will not give up what they really need easily because most of the time they don't really know what they need compared to what they believe they need. That almost sounds like doublespeak, but let's read it again. The client or prospect will not give up what they really need easily because most of the time they don't really know what they need compared to what they believe they need. I'll use an example. Lady calls. I need a six-stall horse barn. Can anybody proffer what my answer to her question, you know, she makes a statement. uh, Well, I'm calling because I need a six-stall horse barn. Does anybody on the call live Can you think what I would say next? Why? Thank you. Yeah. Honest to God. Why? Why do you need a six-star horse barn? Well, because I have two horses. Oh. Are you getting more? No. But I'd like a tack room and a wash rack. Okay, that's four. That's four modules. That's a building 36 by 24. You indicated a building 36. What do you want to do with those extra rooms? Well, someday I might. Okay. Well, our job is to provide you the most accurate prices of the products that, when assembled, will, will be that which you want. So I just want to ask this question Do you need those six spaces today, or does it just make you feel good thinking about them? Because it doesn't matter to me, but I mean, just I need to ask that. Well, no. I says, well, let me ask you this. How much were you thinking of spending? Oh, 30000 Well, I'm going to share with you right now, wanting a six-unit apartment or whatever isn't going to happen for $30,000 unless you really lower your standards in terms of safety and fire safety and horse safety. What did I just do there, Bo. I admitted that she can get something less expensive, but it isn't what I have to offer, right?
4: You're basically telling her subliminally she's going to have to go shop somewhere else.
2: Or let's focus on that four-stall unit that I know we can put together for thirty grand. And then, of course, the beautiful thing is, since we're modular, whenever you want those other two, we can always ship them to you and you can add on very easily. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't mean to go through that whole thing. The point is... That when people call, and again, the other emphasis is we've gained, we have directed our marketing program and expended capital so that the marketing program is providing us eager, anticipating leads. Are they free, Bo? No.
4: Doesn't sound like they're free.
2: No, they cost money. But the conversion is extremely high. Now, if I was starting out, obviously this company's—you know—well, the new company is new, but it's the blend of three other companies. Uh, so, and, and there's more than enough capital around to, to, to fund this. But let's take it back to our level. I'm just starting out in a business, okay? I don't have to go buy the most expensive leads off the boat, but I might want to consider buying and i mean buying to get going two really good leads and i know that joe's only paying a dollar lead and and this lead cost me twenty dollars but based on and these there are leads like this these are people that are ready to say yes And that $20 investment will return you $19 a month income. And if you did a good job, those people are going to stay with you at least a year. So you've gotten $240 on a $20 investment. Is that a good return on investment? Every time. Thank you.
4: Yes. Yeah.
2: So – Uh, Mark said, how many horses do you have? Yes, Mark, that is, uh, by the way, Mark's heard me too many times. That is also the other question. Uh, You know, I'd like a six-stall barn. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much for calling this afternoon. How many horses do you have? Can anybody get, could, could anybody really realize that I have in my history had people tell me I don't own any horses today and I have had A lot of people tell me that. They're middle-aged people. Every one of them bought a barn that did not have a horse when they called me. The reason they called me is they were looking for information because they were making decisions about changing their lifestyle to own and care for horses. That decision has already been made. Does that make sense to everybody? They don't own a horse. In, in the whole horse I mean owning a horse is foolish. I mean you gotta trade I mean you want to talk about a money pit. I'm broke today because for so many years that's what we did, see. But 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 when they get that passion, see that's the other thing. The people we're talking to have a passion. And Mike talks to people that have a passion, and Bo talks to people that have a passion. Why do we want to waste our time talking to people who are walking down with their heads down? And and woe is me, like Ehor on Winnie the Pooh. Who wants to talk to Ehor? When there are countless hundreds of thousands of people in the world today who want to talk to Mike because they're passionate about that which Mike can share and that are passionate with, with, with that which Dan Griffey can share. Dan, you have to be on top of the world because today, yes, we're in an economy, you know, that, that everybody says is bad. But if people have an asset such as an existing deck, Correct. they best have somebody like you, a professional, come in and refinish that deck occasionally every 5, 10, 15 years, whatever. Because they really can't afford to replace it, can they?
0: No, no. The
3: replacement cost is too expensive.
2: That's right. So to me, your business would be the hottest thing going I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I was younger, I'd consider it.
3: They're uh, protecting their investment.
2: That's right. So you're selling an insurance policy, aren't you?
3: Correct. And uh, I know in California you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of uh, uh, walls, stone walls. Yes. But here, in, here in Texas, we don't have stone walls. It's right. too expensive to build them, so they have wood fences. So yes.
2: Oh no, I we have wood fences is. where I live too, because wood wood's relatively. And I live in the lumber capital of Northern California. So. Okay. <laughs> but
3: um. Uh, but it's expensive to build a wood fence, oh, but yes. not pure expensive stone.
2: Right. So
4: you've got to preserve your investment, protect you your go. investment. There you go. Isn't hey, a- he's talking about, he was talking about building fences, and you know, and the cost of, of expense and everything. You know, I'm 33 years old. We moved into the home my parents live in in 1988, 1987, and. The fence, my dad has always taken the board off, cutting an eighth of an inch or a, a quarter of an inch off the bottom of the fence and then lowered the fence that much. He's done that like every three to four to five years <laughs> uh, to reduce to reduce having to go out like he, like he was saying. It, the cost is too high to replace the entire fence. Right. But uh, over a five-year period, if he cuts the, an eighth of an inch or a quarter inch off the bottom of the fence, you know the, the the and or he left the fence height the same height and he put dirt underneath the fence to, right. to level it out. But anytime that the water would cup the bottom of the of the fence, right. it would get moisture, right. which is the reason why he had to you know instead of replacing the fence, he would just do that. And mm-hmm. uh, the same thing with the siding on the house, he would he would replace you know grab all the boards or whatever, and he would he would replace the boards himself because you know. Um, as, as needed or whatever, but he sometimes pull them off, sand them down and put 'em right and put 'em right
0: back up there. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, Isn't it funny though that we have some generations today that are used to being disposable, you know what I mean? And and, and I mean what your dad did and the things that Dan Griffey, the people he work with, um, are people that value their investments. And you know what? Thinking about that, when we talk to prospects, we should keep in mind the relative value that we're delivering and not always just the cost, which is another part of the sales process.
4: Sometimes sometimes you have to work with your customer and explain to them the cost of not having what you have for them as well. What is it going to cost if they don't do the cost Sooner than later, right? You know, then it's going to potentially cost them later a lot more than it would now That's if right. they were to go through the rehab. You know, the rehab or you know what what is it going to cost them later if they don't you know get a legal plan now and they get a traffic ticket two weeks from now that
3: mm-hmm. they could
4: have used you know use the service or they have their identity stolen three months from now or whatever and they had the opportunity they to get it what is what is the cost it could be in the million right you know right. so
2: Bo knows how to present benefits. Mike Michelozzi knows how to present benefits. Dan Griffey presents benefits. And my good friend Mark Haltgren uh, knows how to present benefits. Sometimes taking a few moments and presenting the benefits far outweigh a lot of palaver about how wonderful the product is. Just a thought. The benefit of owning it, the benefit of drinking it, the benefit of eating it, what's the long-term residual effect? And if we're talking to people who want to talk to us and have a burning desire to solve the problems that they have that we've already solved for ourselves, I think taking them and explaining those benefits uh, helps the retentive factor. Because Mike, how many people, I I don't want to, you don't have to answer this, but I'm going to venture to say that Mike and Shirley have people that have consistently consumed the products that they represent for well over 10, 15 years. Is that correct, Mike?
0: We have many that go back 17 years and then 15 years, 13 years, 12 years, up to the present.
2: And with all of your experience and, and, and being a person that gets around, you go to meetings and so on and so forth, do you feel that is probably one of the most important pillars that supports the success of your business uh, even sometimes more so than your glib
0: tongue and your good looks <laughs> <laughs> uh my tongue's not too gli my tongue isn't very glib, but I am pretty good looking for yeah it. that yeah that you are I go, well,
2: you in your taekwondo outfit, you know i I get extremely jealous when I see that you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it it's very satisfying, it's very gratifying, and uh because we know that people who are ordering these products, if not every month, every couple of months sure. in bulk order, have been experiencing for 8, 10, 12, 14, 15, 17 years right. uh, better health in their lives. That's why yeah. they order the products. They wouldn't if they didn't feel that. Uh, it's very gratifying. But, yeah, the basis of any business is, is continuous product consumption.
2: Mm-hmm. And And it's not so much that you hoodwinked them into doing something
0: we never yeah. never have
2: no no i those are where i know you haven't but you know the well, that guy took me for a ride or, you know, all of the things. And, you know, the, again, I, Jeff's not with us tonight, but I have always had a passion and a love of the automobile industry. A lot of my good friends are in the automotive industry, uh, owning dealerships, general sales managers, things of this nature. I don't know a one of the people that I associate with that could ever be called uh, shady or untoward. Almost all of them have a deep abiding passion of the fact that they can take care of people properly. And most all of them are very important people in the community in the fact of their generosity and time spending, you know, helping in the community. But, you know, how many people in the United States need automobiles? Now, it's kind of a, a culture thing with us. And you can buy an automobile anywhere. And today we have a system where people can buy an automobile online from a dealership in Maine and you live in Arizona. My son had that experience of buying a Ford pickup truck from Pennsylvania. My son has his ranch in Texas. And yes, he saved some money. My son will never do that again because what he doesn't have is the relationship of somebody close by to take care of that vehicle because they care about his business. Does that make sense? Yep, he saved a few bucks today, right? Right. But in the long run, he's not as comfortable as he would have been to drive up to the local Ford dealership in the little Texas town that he lives
4: in. And if he'd have gone down there, he'd have probably, possibly, could have even got the same deal. Yeah,
2: it. Or, or um, you know, we, we had a thing. Or in, even
4: better, in, <laughs> right?
2: In the city of Orland, I've, I've told this story before. City of Orland is thirty-seven hundred people. The town we lived in for thirty years. I now live fourteen miles to the north, another thirty seven hundred population town. On Interstate Five. Of course, Interstate Five bypassed the town, so the towns are sitting there. They're agricultural towns. And we have a hardware store. Well, twenty miles across the river is Chico, California, which is the big college campus town, you know, blah blah blah. It's the culture capital of the world. And they have all the box stores, the, what do they call them? Home base, home depot, whatever they're called. You know Best Buy and all these things. I will tell you that Orland Hardware, Orland Ace Hardware, and Young Ben just recently negotiated now owns Corning Hardware, and he owns McCoy's Hardware. And that was his plan when he moved up here. We talked about his business plan, and that's what he did. You, it's 25 miles to drive to Chico, 25 miles home. There isn't a thing that you can get at Orland Hardware that is appreciably more expensive than anything you can find at, at uh, Home Depot. The other thing is, he has, on any given day of the week, in a town that I just told you, no less than seven people on the floor. When times are tough... I mean, slow. Those kids are still on the floor. And when you walk into that store, you're greeted by somebody. And the one thing I'll say about these young people is they know their stuff. Most of them went to Orland High School, and they were in the shop class, and they were welders and, you know, all that stuff. It's a local industry, this little hardware store. Ben's profits are very good. His prices are very good, and the parking lot is full. So the old adage that you can't compete against the big guys is a full of crap. And the fact that he is local, he's hometown, he's who we are.
4: I told I told a, I told, a, I told a guy today. You know, we had a conversation about um, just technology and stuff like that. And I said, I don't have to compete with the big store. I just need a little sliver of the pie.
2: That's right. You
4: know, to, to be able to you know feed my family and provide and make the right. change. Yeah. You know, in my family's future and stuff like that. I don't. I don't need the whole pie. I just need a little sliver, That's right. a one 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 thousandth or <laughs> one ten thousandth of the pie. Right. So. right.
2: Well, by God, we've had some great people. Dan, do you have anything else to share tonight? Uh,
3: no. I, I think the one point that was made about sticking with your passion and with your dream, I think, is very, very important because there's too many people out there that have given up on their passion and their. Mm-hmm they regret it the rest of their life
2: my dad always asked me would you rather be a broke happy person or a rich sad person because we've known both and I I answered it this way well I I want to be happy and I don't necessarily want to be broke because I've been there before and it wasn't as much fun as having money (laughs) so I think we can take our lives and we can make them the way we want them to be and uh, Mark just wrote something else. Keep offering value, and the customers will keep coming back. Absolutely, good service is one of the biggest values a business can offer anywhere. An owner, a good business owner, that a good business values, a business owner can offer. And um, and this goes back to I I know Mike, you might remember it. I know Bo is much younger, and Dan, I believe, also, but. My training, I I really think a lot of my happiness about myself, came from 15 years of very heavily involvement in an organization which was extremely powerful at that time called the United States Junior Chamber of Commerce, otherwise known as the JC's. Where we, as 20, 22 year old people who joined the JCs, were given projects to do, and we were the CEOs of that project, and some of them were huge in different towns. You know, the JCs built the parks, the JCs put on the circus, the JCs fed the community, built the boys' clubs, and we, as young men, were taught leadership. We were taught that we can do a project. I'll never forget a young sailmaker who had his—he had his store in Dana Point, California. He made a sale for me, and I asked him to join our JC group. And he said, "Hey," uh, he, he had long hair and a ponytail. This was 1972 or something. Um, you know, wearing shorts and flip-flops. He was a beach boy, a sale maker. and you know, and he had some habits that we wouldn't consider. You know, you might not consider. A, you know up to up to snuff here anyway he said i can't do this stuff I said, Jim, you know what I want you to do? I know you love kids because I've seen you interact with your own kids and the kids in the neighborhood. we got a circus coming up, and every year we put the circus on, and it's really important. And what the JCs gave us was you were given the cookbook, and that represented nine years of successes. In other words, the first guy that ever did that project wrote an extensive report. That was passed on to the second guy who added to the report and so on. So everything that you had to do was in this, in this book, you know, who to call, when to call them, what day, when to put the newspaper ads in. He said, I can't do that. I said, Jim, please, I'll work with you. He, he put on the best circus ever. And this young man went on to build his business t- to some p- pretty spectacular results. Only because he had that taste of getting the job done about something that he didn't think he had the ability to do. reason I bring up the JC's, is the J.C. Creed. The best service to humanity is the best work of life and I'm gonna close with the fact that everybody in business will succeed more easily if they live a servant mentality I know that won't settle well with a lot of people especially with the uh, uh, the emphasis today on personality instead of integrity or character but service to humanity is the best work of life. And when we learn that what we do for a living is to serve others, we automatically are served back in a wonderful way. Those are my thoughts. I believe in it. So it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, right, Mike? Yes,
0: that's right.
2: <laughs> you know, It doesn't matter what you guys think about the way I feel. However, I have observed that other people who feel that way seem to find success a little quicker. Is that true? That's yeah. amazing. Oh, well, that's true. Dan, someday uh, in the near future, if you have time, I'd like to talk to you about your website.
3: I certainly would like to talk to you about
2: it. Yeah, and unfortunately I don't have all the time I used to have, so usually weekends now are working out a little better for me, okay? Okay. Is
3: Sunday a good time? I mean, is Sunday Yeah, Sunday's
2: probably a good time, and if you'll drop me an email, maybe we can hook up Sunday on the telephone, do a little screen sharing or something, you know. Okay, sounds good because so, i mean i I love the the businesses you're in writing is you know you're writing about some good things. you want to share with the audience a little bit about your book right now uh
3: it's a the the name of the, one of the books is uh World War three and Prophecy, and with everything going on in the in the world, it's kind of uh, right on kind of on the cutting edge of stuff and uh some of the books and some of the used hook places on the website, I started seeing my books turn up for like one hundred and fifty or one hundred eighty dollars for used,
2: mm-hmm. and I'm
3: thinking, man, I've got to, I've got to learn better marketing. Skills. Well, I, I I noticed that too.
2: That's what I wanted to spend some time with you. <laughs>
3: right. So I'm going, oh man, because <laughs> I'm not seeing any of that. I'm not seeing no. Anymore. And
2: and and I now, if, if you would like, I are you on Google Plus?
3: Uh, No, but I can sure find a way to get on there. Uh, All
2: right. I'd like you to get on Google+, Plus because we have a private community called You Can Build It, Uh and and it's just that. It's for us. It's for Bo Carlisle, Mike Michalozzi, if he wants to come by, and we're sharing ideas. But one of our members is a gentleman by the name of John Rakestraw. He's a Uh school bus driver in Washington, but he's also a very accomplished author, and he's an editor and a publisher, okay?
3: Right. Why do
2: you think he drives a school bus?
3: To give him more time so he can Thank do you. what he wants to
2: do. And guess what? He has benefits that a lot of self employed people don't have the benefit of having. There
3: you go. There you go.
2: And I'll tell you right now, benefits can cost you very easily twenty five to thirty thousand dollars a year. So if you have a job that's making X and you want to be in business, you better make X plus that. So mm-hmm. that you're at the same level. Not trying to discourage anybody, but you gotta be a realist. Anyway, John has a lot of Hangouts, Google Hangouts and that's nothing more than he's live on television so are you from the comfort of your home it then gets recorded and here's the beautiful thing about marketing those are instantly uploaded to YouTube and you you as a member of that hangout you as a person speaking on that hangout guess what you're getting?
3: Um,
2: Exposure Thank you and what did it cost you? Nothing Thank you (laughs) Not a how can anybody fail with the tools that are available today?
4: Hey, you had mentioned uh, Goldmine earlier. Another real familiar one out there is called Act.
2: Okay.
1: Act,
4: Act by Sage or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, S-A-G-E dot com is the website. Okay. And they're, they do pretty much the same thing that Goldmine does. Um, And both have uh, single user licensed versions and they have pro versions, which it mm-hmm. sounds like your office is using the uh, Goldmine Pro, yeah. Uh, whatever newest version or whatever version they bought.
2: But we have seventy-five uh, computers hooked up to it.
4: Exactly. So, yeah. so they bought probably a Pro license that right. gives them the ability to install it right. on all of their entire system. So, right.
1: yeah.
2: And, and we have our own hosting. Our our server is is in right behind my office. You know, the, the server. <laughs> You know, I mean because it, it it's pretty heavy <laughs> heavy duty. And and it ties in with a couple of other the divisions. So but but everybody's on gold mine and I'm blown away, guys. I mean I'm not I don't sell gold mine, you know, but I'm you know I'm saying, God, where was this fifty years ago? You know?
1: <laughs>
2: Three by five cards, you know, anyway. Uh, hey everybody, Mike, did you enjoy the program tonight? Yes I did, Chuck, thank you. And, and we appreciate you being here. Uh Mark, I, I want to just read, uh, serve before being served. Thank you, Mark. That reminds me of my grandmother who always stood behind everybody at Sunday dinner, made sure that your plate was full, and then <laughs> she would sit down and eat. And I, and I want to share something. My grandmother was not a milk toast woman. My grandmother ruled the roost, ruled the family. Uh, you know, she was a powerful woman, but she believed in serving. You got it, these stories, time and energy. Great show, Chuck. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dan Griffey. I hope we see more of you. And uh, everybody, uh, Dan, can you want to tell everybody your website, Bo and, and uh, Michael? And they may be able to share it with other people. Go mm-hmm. ahead and put a little plug in for your website, Dan.
3: Oh, great. The uh, the book website is uh, the number two, uh, exodus, E-X-O-D-U-S dot com. Okay. And and the other one, which the other one's really local, so I don't know if that's going to be uh, relevant to them.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. You don't know that Bo doesn't have five cousins who live down the street from you.
3: Well, that's true. That's true. Okay, the other one is uh, turtle turtle T-U-R-T-L-E. Seal. turtleseal.com.
2: Turtleseal.
3: Yeah, t u r t l e s e a l lcom
2: .com. And there's another thing that I'm going to share with you with a thought. You may do your work locally but do you realize there's literally thousands of do it yourselfers that would love to read your book and pay for the videos that you make.
3: That's one of the things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> I could I could put that together with no problem because I've been doing it this so long and That's I know right.
4: there's people out there that uh, would love to know how to do it. So I don't know a whole bunch about com right now but I guarantee you before the night's over with I'll take a look and I'll uh definitely uh share your website and maybe your face if you have a Facebook fan page for that particular website. Uh, get a Google Plus uh, page set up, business page set up for your for your websites as well. Mm-hmm. And then allow allow the viral community to share links. I mean I, I have a software that I submit to nine hundred and eighty search links websites that my friends give me that they won't promote it and I do it on autop- automatic pilot, and it, it, it just cements them out there, and they and they start getting traffic.
3: Right.
4: So it doesn't take much. Doesn't take much to, you know, get if you, you live in the Dallas Fort Worth area, that's actually where I'm at right now. I'm on my way to Sherman. So you oh, never great. know. You never know who's gonna who's gonna come across my page that I have contacts in Dallas.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and
4: maybe we could connect sometime
3: too here, since you're local.
4: Yeah, I live. Yeah, I live
2: in Houston. So, all right. Well, see, there you go. You're, you everybody's local today with the internet.
1: That's and there's right.
2: another thing I want to share. Also, I want to give. Uh, I want to give uh, Bo this credit. Bo, like Mark Haltgren and myself, uh, Bo does offer services in the web area. We both do that. We're not competitors. Some people, you know, I mean, there's just plenty of business in the world, but Bo also is very good at what he does. So since the fact that you guys are next door to each other, who knows where that goes? But I... Regardless, I would like to offer some ideas about your website. Uh, no obligation on your part whatsoever. Okay.
3: I would love, I would love to hear, I love right. to hear
2: Well, everybody, I sure appreciate you being with us. My wife's kind of getting a little. Uh, she says, "There you go, Chuck. You're well over an hour," and she's, I'm trying, she's trying to sleep, and I'm too loud and all that good stuff. So, I want to thank you all for being with us tonight. This is Chuck Bartok from the banks of the Sacramento River, saying thank you, and our sponsor today was my new association. Share this with your friends. By the way, we build buildings. I have many, many, many shops, businesses, in our tilt-up modular bolt together, 100% deductible the first year under Section 179 buildings. Uh, MDBarnMaster.com. And that's not my company. Uh, you'll see an 800 number there. The only thing I ask, if you call it, ask for me. Uh, not that it matters. I'm not uh, there to earn huge commissions. I'm there to get a job done. Uh, M.D. Barnmaster, which is the blending of three of my favorite old companies, M.D. Barns, Barnmaster Barnes, and Barnes by Harris. So it's now one corporation under the management of some mighty fine people. Thank you all for joining us, and send your friends who might have horse inkling to mdbarnmaster.com. Tell them to call Chuck, and I'll Introduce you to somebody that might be able to help them throughout the United States. Thank you all. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.